I call it luck. In my experience, there's no such thing as luck. Kentopite Dispatch. Today I'm Brittany and joining me today, as always, is my friend Emily Lynn. Hi Emily. Hi Brittany. How are you? Um we're back. That's good. <laughs> yeah, that's it's exciting. It, it's been a couple weeks. Yeah, we've been we've been a little bit busy. We've had some stuff going on. Yeah. Um, so I was sick for a week and then my apartment flooded and then you weren't feeling well. And then I was sick again. (laughs) We've been very busy. Yeah, we have been, but I'm, I'm glad that we're here now. It's, I think the last time that we recorded together was like about a month ago because I was looking at our chat and the last thing that we talked about was like together was the Visions trailer and Visions is already coming out on Wednesday. So that is, that is how time is going. Yeah. So, um, Hurricane Ida, or I guess at that point it was Tropical Storm, hit New York City and we got a whole lot of rain very very quickly and what happens when that happens is the sewer system gets overwhelmed and so all the water starts shooting out the other way and so anybody like on like a basement or ground floor with drains suddenly there's water coming in to their residence and that's what happened here like it was like every every apartment on my street and like almost every building here is like you know like basement apartments and yeah just there was about a foot of water it uh was not fun uh because here's so just very quickly like i was i because i was i'd been sick so i'm like fuck it it's 10 o'clock at night i'm just tired i'm just gonna get into bed and go to sleep and i'm in bed for maybe a minute or two and i hear a sound and i'm like what is that? That's not, that's not a normal apartment sound. And I turn on the light and what the sound is, is water rushing into my apartment from the basement hallway. 
Oh, like God. there's also like my my because we have a, a two level apartment and I I live in the basement and so I have an entrance to the to the backyard and we've gotten water in through there before but never you know just a little bit but the water wasn't coming in from there it was coming in from the hallway from like the from the sewer lines backing up and so I like opened the door to the hallway and like I could barely <coughs> sorry I could barely get the door shut again like that's how much the water was coming in um. I'm very lucky that we have a two-floor apartment because I was able to grab some stuff like my laptop and, and take it upstairs. And yeah, it was just like, I don't want to like get too bogged down in it also just because I'm kind of really fucking sick of telling the story. But um, I ended up like calling my dad because I was sort of like, I don't, I don't know what to do in this situation. I just need, I'm 37 years old and all I can think is I need an adult. Yeah, so my dad, God bless him, at, you know, he's 71 years old. It is, you know, 11 o'clock at night when I call him. By midnight, he is in his car driving to New York from Indiana, which is like, you know, like 14-hour trip. Um, and <laughs> also, side note, this is my dad, so nicest kindest guy will do anything to help anybody but this is so this is what he does is uh i can't remember what either my my older brother um he and his wife live in massachusetts so are you know like five hours from here so but um he calls and I, i don't remember whether my brother was working night shift or asleep but the message that my brother gets from my dad is you need to call me don't call me at home. I'm in the car. Call my cell phone. This is like one o'clock in the morning. The message that he leaves. Now, he does not start that call with everything's fine or Emily is fine or Emily's apartment flooded, but he's o- but she's okay. None of that. Just you need to call me. Call me on my cell phone. One o'clock in the morning. He also sends this message to my sister-in-law. So they, <laughs> being reasonable people, getting that kind of call at one o'clock in the morning, think somebody died. Or, yeah. you know, like is, you know, severely injured in the hospital or something. But my dad, that's just my dad. Like, <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't occur to him to start that call with everything's okay. But yeah, so he came out. Um, I was, I was really lucky in the fact that the, the water drained fairly, fairly soon. And, um, so the next morning, like it all went down within a couple hours. There was just sort of like puddles of water everywhere. The, the building, um, maintenance set out people who helped mop everything up. Um, you know, my roommate helped out and then my dad showed up the next afternoon, uh, cause getting to New York took a couple more hours than he thought it would just because there was still, there was still street shut down, but having him here was a huge help. Just both practically and emotionally, because it's good to, you know, it's good to have your dad there. And it's also good to have somebody with a car who can, you know, help you take 15 loads of laundry to the laundromat. And, um, and you and Steel. So I get a call from Steel while I'm waiting for my dad. And, he, you know, he's like, oh, I'm sending you a link. And I see the link because you and he had had set up a GoFundMe, and I think I pretty much just immediately like burst into tears. Oh, <laughs> which <laughs> not 
<laughs> Neither Steele nor I are particularly good about talking about our emotions. So we are both feeling pretty awkward on this phone call. But I am I am not good about asking for help. And I'm especially not good about, like, especially when it comes to, like, financial assistance of any kind. That is extremely difficult for me. But... You know, I'm also like I was extremely like grateful and very touched, and 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 like when you guys set it up, like I see it, I'm like, like I felt really awkward, but I also like you know what, like I could you know I'm gonna need to replace stuff. Like I figure it's gonna hit a couple hundred bucks. That'll that'll help out. I the amount of support that I got and like the number of people from all over the world, like literally all over the world, like you're. You could tell how awkward I feel to say this, but like really I kept the word I kept using was overwhelming, but it really was like, it was just, I mean, yes, in terms of just the financial support is very, very helpful, but also the, the emotional support that you feel like seeing that, that so many people are willing to help you out. You know, people who I who, people who I've talked to on Twitter but never met. Some people who just saw it on Twitter and I don't even know them, and they they you know donated and it's it was really it was really amazing and again like really overwhelming. Um, whatever money I'm I'm not using, I'm I'm passing on to other like. Um, disaster relief efforts and like I mean there were so many people in 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 New York City who lost everything you know we had I think it was like the it was like 14 people who passed away and and there's some people whose apartments were completely destroyed so I'm I'm doing what I can to to you know use what I need and and help other people but again I like thank you to everybody who donated you know no matter how much like you chipped in it was all just so helpful or anybody who passed along thanks to anybody who who you know reached out to check in on me and ask how I was doing like that I can't I can't overstate how how much I needed that and just like how loved I felt and how how important that was well yeah I mean you're you're important to so many people (laughs) and especially me and yeah, just I was so happy to see how many of, you know, our friends, you know, donated. Like I feel like every time like I got a notification, I would just like get so happy. And then like just people would like reach out and say, you know, hey, you know, thank you for starting this. And like, no, don't don't thank me. Like I I'm just happy that this exists. Like I feel like I was kind of like your like financial assistant. <laughs> And it was funny, too, because, like, our banks, like, took a really long-ass time to, like, get the funds. So, like, all of a sudden, like, I had, like, $10,000 in my bank account. I'm like, I can't let I'm like, get this out. Like, I was so anxious the whole week because I'm like, get this away from me. This is not mine. This needs to go to Emily right now. Like, I was trying to just figure out ways to just give it to you as soon as possible because I'm like, yeah, like, you need it. Like, I was, I don't know. But I was just so happy to help and just how many people like helped like you know so many of our friends you know like some of your favorite authors donated too like that was just the best thing ever like it made me so happy and 
it made me so happy to see like how much people love you and want to help you. And I was just really happy that, you know, Steele and I like came together and started this because you mean the world to us. And, you know, we know that, you know, if, if we were in a you know bad situation, you'd do anything to help us too. So, yeah. you know, we just wanted to, you know, pay it forward. But also like I feel like that is, you know, like you and I and I get the same way too. this really like, oh, my God, the Internet and especially Twitter. It's all like poisonous and gross. But I mean, that's how I know all these people. That's how we have our community is through podcasts and then through Twitter. And it can be like this really positive, incredible thing where suddenly fucking Chuck Wendig is giving me money to help my flooded apartment it's very it's a very strange feeling but it's very good yeah you're you're a really good friend chuck wendig like it was nice <laughs> it was really nice for me to thank your friend chuck wendig for donating because like um you know on gofundme you you can say like thank you thank you like yeah. I, I thanked a lot of people <laughs> but ah i'm just i'm just so happy and i'm so happy that like you're doing okay and because yeah like that's like such like a a traumatic and scary thing to go through and it's like I know how much like you hate having to like repeat this story because I can't imagine <laughs> I can't imagine how many times you've had to like talk about it you know just god like it's it's so traumatic and again I'm like I'm so sorry that you went through that but I don't know, I'm just glad that we could be there for you yeah um again like all, all I can say is it's just a massive massive thank you to everybody yeah yeah thank you everyone you know thank you everyone for you know retweeting and donating and sharing and you know just being good good people because emily's a good fucking person and she, you know she <laughs> deserves the world so i'm happy that we could attempt to give her that but a lot has happened during the past four weeks of us not recording at the same time like nothing has happened like I feel like the only thing that I've done like the past like four weeks like is just watch like Ted Lasso and like that's it that's a very important thing to do though it is but yeah it's tell me like we haven't talked about Ted Lasso and like so much has happened in Ted Lasso so I can't remember I think the last episode was no the episode before we were supposed to record next was the reveal that uh, Rebecca was talking to Sam which I called it a couple you episodes ago. You called it as ago. a joke. I called no, Emily. That's just not I called it. Calling it. Saying it would be funny is not calling it. But I called it like I was a thought that came out loud. Yeah. yeah. You know, and like then, along we're... with like six other people. But still, like, I was just so excited. I was so excited for the idea of Rebecca and Sam. And, God, this show is amazing. Like, every single episode, like, it just continues to impress me. Like, even this just last episode, like, the Coach Beard-themed episode was so unique and funky. And I loved it. I loved every second of it. Yeah, um, I know some people didn't like this one, but I I thought, look, I wouldn't want every episode to be like this, but I thought it was such a cool break, and it made sense to do that for Coach Beard. 
this character who we know a lot of like little tiny bits of trivia about, but don't really know him. And so to get an episode about him and to get it in this really different and off kilter way that felt like a movie. And obviously like there's, there's a ton of, of early, uh, like 70s Scorsese influences in this, like down to the to the, the needle drops and stuff on the music. But what a way to get to know this character more. And I love him so much. And the episode was beautiful and weird and funny and sweet. And I also liked that we got more of the pub boys. And when he got them into the stadium at the end and they got to go out on the pitch and seeing them just like losing their minds over that was great the the dance scene with coach beard was incredible the hula hooping i love that man he's a smooth guy like coach beard is so fun and so cool i'm so glad that he got this episode so that we could kind of like see more like of coach beard like there are moments in this episode where it was just gut-wrenching like seeing like jamie's dad and his friends like beating the shit out of him you know to you know the woman that he met at the bar her partner you know going out and helping him and giving him back his phone and his wallet like that was so nice and it was just it was great because we've only known him as sort of the like the super cool like weird but like super cool like always with the the wittiest comment and always you know like the guy who's who's just you know he's like batman basically mm-hmm. and suddenly seeing him as a character who is as vulnerable and as fucked up as anybody else on the show and who is deeply insecure i, I really i thought that was just again like just so well done um well written well directed well acted it was so many beautiful moments in that episode like look it's not one that i'm gonna put on a whole bunch when i need like a funny uplifting thing but i'm so glad they did this and i just i was really blown away oh yeah i mean i've been blown away for the like past couple episodes like you know the episode before you know with all the things going on with you know jamie's dad and you know roy coming in in that beautiful hug that he gave him you know to confront him or to consult him because that was one of the most beautiful things I had ever seen on TV. And the show is so restrained because I feel like on any other show, Roy would have gone to hug him and then everybody else hugs him too. And that would have just ruined that moment. It would have made it so saccharine and over the top. But just mm-hmm. Roy going over to do it, Roy, Roy finally realizing why Jamie is Jamie and like I love that I like I just I think the stuff they've done with Jamie this season is brilliant um like we obviously knew that stuff from season one but he was still such a little shit in season one but him really working at being a better person even when he fails like the you know the <laughs> not reading the secret santa email because he, he didn't want to spoil it <laughs> but no i just i loved that um uh, t- 
Ted's reveal about his dad was really well done. And another thing that they had like seeded throughout the show really well, because there was that, that when I think it's when like I think it's when Jamie and is coming to him to ask to be back on the team. He has that line about how oh it must be nice to have a dad who who doesn't think only about himself or something like that and. And Ted just has this weird expression on his face and he doesn't really say anything. And you go, okay, there's something interesting there, but I have no idea what it is. And it's for that, and that like makes the, um, the dart scene back from season one even more effective. I just, ugh, the planning that has gone into this show from the very beginning is so, like, it's obviously like how much they had laid out in terms of these characters from Jump Street. Like a Nate turning heel, which breaks my heart, but yeah, I've been pretty disappointed in Nate, and you know how kind of the fame is getting into his head. You know, though he is, you know, getting a little more, you know, confident, which I'm really happy. He's also, you know, becoming so rude. Like he is so rude to his his replacement. Will and poor Will. Will fucking will like all he's trying to do is just trying to help be liked and he made that special little jersey for him then the end of the episode when he sees he's getting shit for someone on twitter he just throws it at him and says don't fucking humiliate me like that ever again and it just breaks my heart because it's like nate means well but he doesn't know how to feel certain feelings or how to be because he's just been like that his whole life and finally i don't know like i don't know if it's just that he's been given shit all of his life and he feels now that he can give it back but he just needs to find that balance of what's okay and what's not okay well yeah i mean obviously the stuff with his dad is 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 pretty awful and i think maybe even worse than than the little bit that they've shown us but that is a very volatile combination of being deeply insecure and then getting a little bit of fame and Mm -hmm. the fact that all that it took for him to snap and go to threaten poor adorable sweet will is one negative tweet out of all the praise and stuff he just saw the one negative tweet and he like completely lost it and again like the show is so well written like i hate seeing it but it's so smart and and such a like well planned out thing. Um, <clears throat> one thing that struck me is going back again to season one when he reads off his letter of quote unquote advice to everybody on the team when he's just like giving them shit. And at the time, it seems like this ha like hilarious like fuck yeah you know he's finally standing up for himself and giving everybody shit back kind of scene. But looking back at it through who he is right now, the anger in that kid is is really obvious. And this is this is something they've apparently had planned from season one, like back before they they even got um, renewed. They, um, I think I, I think it was Sudeikis and Grayson who sat him down and was like. Um, Nick Muhammad, the actor who plays him, is like, if we get a season two, this is where we're going to go with Nate. So they've had that planned all along. That's just so smart that, you know, they've been planting things like since season one, like for these characters and for these plot lines. Like, 
it's so impressive and it's so real too. You know, you have these therapy sessions that, you know, Ted is having, you know, with, you know, Dr. Sharon and, you know, everything that happened with her. And I, I'm just amazed. And then you have these like heartwarming scenes, like, you know, when Sam and um, Rebecca, you know, finally meet up and they realize that, oh my God, like we're, you know, she, you know, at first is like, I'm too old for you. And he's just like, well, let's just have dinner and see, you know, just have dinner. And of course, you know, they fall for each other. Then you have the end of the fucking episode when, you know, he invites her over, gives her his address and, you know, she's about to leave and she sees him at the door and she's like, well, why'd you give me your address? And he's like, for next time. Oh my God. I swooned when she opens the door and he's standing there. I, goddamn Sam. He is so amazing just on, like, first of all, the man is drop dead gorgeous, but you add him and he's just sweet and funny and the, like, his smile is just bananas. Like, that, like, when he's, when he's on the exercise bike and he gets the, um, when he, when, before he knows Rebecca is when they, when he sees the three dots again. Because she's typing back to him and everybody on the team runs over. And he's, they're just, ugh. Yeah, the, exci- the excitement over the three dots and then the haircut. <gasps> the haircut was brilliant. The haircut was one of the best moments that I've ever, you know, witnessed in television. And it involves just a haircut. But this was just the most magical and most wholesome thing I have ever seen. You know, someone just getting a haircut. But, like, the haircut means so much. Because it's like a team member can only get, like, one haircut, like, a year or something, right? Or, (laughs) like, it was for a serious thing. Oh, so damn good. I love this show. I just love it. It's really good. I'm I'm so happy it exists, and I think next week is the finale. Isn't it? I thought it. Or, I think it's. Isn't it twelve episodes this season? It's twelve series? episodes. Never mind. I'm always used to like ten episodes. I feel like once the show gets like ten episodes, I feel like it does like the HBO thing sometimes mm. when like HBO would do like ten episodes. But I don't know. But I did start another show recently. Oh yes. Yeah, I've been watching The Sopranos. What do you think? And how far are you along? Um, okay, so the last episode I watched was um, when Meadow was uh, going through, you know, college campuses. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that was a really good one. I really love the therapy sessions between Tony and his therapist. Like, that's one of my favorite parts of the whole the whole show. Just because, you know, especially, like, with the episode before, you know, Tony trying to, like, manipulate and, like, become you know, the, he wants to be in charge. So, you know, he hires a private investigator to find out more information about his therapist. And then he gets his therapist like break down, like during like one of their sessions. And that's how he knows like, okay, like I am in control now, like seeing her get vulnerable. Cause he just, that's all he wants to see is just people like, it's insane. And I swear to God, the scene where Tony Soprano's mom rose over her friend with her car just like lives rent free in my mind. That lady, oh my God. She's she's a piece of work. She is. And I don't know. I really like the show. I'm really interested in the show. Um, Rest in peace, Brendan. (laughs) That that poor little weasel. (laughs) 
Oh man, but I really like the show. It's it's really good. Um, I love Tony. I love that first episode, you know, with the ducks and like what the ducks mean, and especially when he killed that guy and he saw the the ducks. Like the the ducks, they're such like a wonderful symbolism of, you know, he watched them grow up and now they're grown, and he's just like, well, fuck, what do I do now? Like he's just in this like kind of like midlife crisis kind of thing. Like I don't know. Like it's there's just so many layers to the show. And I'm really waiting for his wife to fuck the pastor. <laughs> I swear that was like the most like 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 the sexiest like communion like I'd ever seen. Like it was just insane. It's pretty intense. It is, but it was funny too because you know Carlos and I were watching this and we were comparing the uh, the priest to Rusty because he all he does is he comes to your house, eats your food, and is really respectful. I'm like that is Rusty, that is that is Rusty because he just talks about like I love your ZD and she's like oh there's some in the there's some in the freezer. <laughs> No, I, I, I'm glad you're watching it because I, I fucking adore that show. I've, I've kind of stalled out in my rewatch because I'm, I'm in the middle of season five and stuff starts to get pretty heavy and pretty consistently violent and that slows me down because mm. I know where everything goes and I'm just like, oh, that ends in a depressing way, that ends in a depressing way, that ends in a depressing way, but... But it's, it's, it's just so good. The cast is amazing and... Fucking, I like every time I see it, I just get sad that um, <coughs> that James Gandolfini's no longer with us because, fuck, he was incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was. <coughs> but I really love the show. I'm so glad that we started watching it, and we've been trying to watch it like you know one episode a day. But we started watching that American Crime Story too, the one about the impeachment of Bill Clinton, mm. and that's really good. Um, Bernie Fedstein, um, I, I think I made her name wrong. Jonah Hill's little sister. She's doing fantastic. And Sarah Paulson's fine too. But I feel like that's like Ryan Murphy's like, right. It's not a Ryan Murphy project if Sarah Paulson's not in it. She just shits me. I don't like, she's very good and I do not like her. I think it might just she's be from so fucking good. Deadwood. I fucking hate her on Deadwood so much that I think it might have poisoned me towards her. Like, every time I see her in something, I'm just like, oh, fuck her. That's how I feel with John Stamos. <laughs> it's fine. I, she's she's maybe a little bit better of an actor than John Stamos. Maybe. Just a little bit. Yeah, but it was so annoying, too, because, like, I was, I was driving the other day, and I was thinking, like, you know, the Beach Boys aren't going to live forever. And that's a terrible thought. But also, like... If John Stamos did, like, uh, you know, a Beach Boys uh, band or something, or, like, would I still go? I probably would. And that's when I was like, <sighs> John Stamos. John Stamos. Like, I, I just love the Beach Boys. And, like, the fact that, like, John Stamos is, like, kind of a Beach Boy now, like, <sighs> can't hate. I just, I love your feud with John Stamos. I don't know why. I just, it seems so random that I just find it delightful. I just don't like John Stamos. Like, there's just something about John Stamos that's just fishy. <laughs> like, I can't put my finger on it. I just, I swear. Like, 
I and I I know John Stamos. Like John John Stamos <laughs> has seen me many times. Like I've waved to him at concerts. Like we saw each other at Humphreys a couple times. Like I I grew up with John Stamos. Like I watched Full House and I I kept up with him and you know I started seeing him at concerts and everything. But I don't I don't know. There's there's just something like not my favorite person in the world, but not my least favorite person in the world. I like his Disney Plus show. Oh, that's good. I don't know if it's good. There's something very enjoyable about it. Yeah. It's just kind of nice. Sometimes I just want something nice. Like it's not like Ted Lasso nice and it's definitely not that good, but it's just, it's kind of, kind of like the mighty ducks. It's just sort of a, you'll watch it and you know that everything will end up okay. Yeah, that that's how I feel like with High School Musical, the musical, the series, because I finally finished that and they just announced that they're doing a third season. Thank God. That show just makes me like so happy. Like, I swear to God, like there are these two characters, like they're these cute little redheads and like they're they're a couple. And like the finale episode, like he did something really nice to her where like he got her a sign with her name on it and lights. And he's like, because I always I see your name in lights one day. Like I broke down and cried. It was like the cutest thing I'd have ever seen in my life. And oh, it just that show is just so fun and so cute. And I think because I grew up with like high school musical, like I resonate with it a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wasn't the biggest high school musical fan. Like I know all the dances and songs and everything, but I feel like everyone, you know, around like my age, like did and grew up with that. But um, the show is just so much fun. And that little Olivia Rodrigo girl who's like really big now, you know, with all of, I, I love her music. Her music's really good. Chris Fresh's so it's, favorite. It's fun. Oh, Chris Fresh. You know, I I have to admit, like, I, I think I've been a little too harsh on Chris Fresh. Wow. Yeah, because he's a monster, but, like, <laughs> he's a good monster. Like, would you consider, like, Oscar the Grouch a monster? Well, yes, he's a, he's a monster. Of course he is. Yeah. All of the Muppets, well, not all of the Muppets are monsters. Big Bird's not a monster. Yeah. But Oscar is a monster, and Telly is a monster, and Grover is a monster. I think I would now compare Chris Fresh to those monsters. Yeah, Oscar is a good one. Yeah. Oscar is a good monster. But yeah, no, I've, I've been a little too harsh on, you know, our friend Chris Fresh because I don't know. Like, you know, we, we like the same things. We like the same people. You know, we, we like we love Olivia Rodrigo, you know, High School Musical Musical Series. You know, we love your sister. You know, She made these really good cookies the other day um, <laughs> that were just like filled with chocolate chips, Ooh. like in the different size, like chocolate chips too. I got to show you a Disney recipe. There's this um, bakery, a shop called like Gideon's at um, the downtown Disney and Disney Springs in Florida. And they have these like really famous like chocolate chip cookies that like always like sell out. Like people will like wait and like two three hour lines like for these cookies and i can see why because like they're delicious like i'll have to show you them after we're done recording but she made a couple of them when she came over for you know football sunday but uh, i'm trying to think of what else you know i even watched a couple episodes of monsters of uh, masters of the universe like a couple weeks back wow which the new one or yeah the new one okay yeah, and I found out that you, you know how Skeletor says like I have the power. Like I didn't know that was like from Masters of the like I didn't know what that was from until like I heard it and I'm like, "Oh, that's what that's from." 
like at least it means something like here's johnny like i'm I'm going back to like who's johnny like is the hammer like is the axe johnny like i just i'd forgotten how baffled you were by that I just, for years, I kept hearing, here's Johnny. And I'm thinking, well, maybe there's a Johnny in this movie or something. But no, there is no Johnny. Like, it just, no. and then, it, 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 yeah, I just, it's yeah. just such an interesting thing. Well, yeah, because that, because it's, the Shining is, people, when they say that are often referencing the Shining, but the Shining is referencing the Tonight Show. And that can be confusing. Yeah, the, the tonight that's just so strange. Like, because like now people can like reference like that. It's so interesting, like how big the Tonight Show was, like versus now. Because like there's like fifty Tonight Shows now. Yeah. It's ridiculous. There's too fucking many of them. There's too many Jimmys and, and Jameses, and and they all suck. I liked Conan though. Well, Conan was great. I meant the Jimmys all suck. Yeah. Yeah, Fallon just interrupts people. That story with him and Nicole Kidman that was really funny. Oh, I don't know that one. Where like she was interested in like dating him and like he invited her over and like not he invited her over like I'm inviting a bro over so like I'm not going to clean and there's, you know, dirty clothes and food eaten like three days ago like everywhere and he just was like all just not dressed up or anything and she was there like you know trying to like pursue him (laughs) and he just didn't realize it oh oh, nicole no 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 yeah i think i think tom cruise kind of broke her uh, yeah but no she's with keith urban now and keith urban's a sweetheart yeah so so yeah he's he's good she's good but but yeah, um, I'm trying to think. I watched episode one of Making the Cut 2, and as terribly edited that show is to kind of make it seem like if everyone, like just trying to like, create drama. Like I forgot like how lovely like uh, the Great British Bake Off is because they don't do that with their contestants yeah. where they try to make everyone hate each other. I hate that about American television. But I swear to God, the guy that won the first challenge, the one that, you know, gets patterns from like the 1800s and then goes to cemeteries to try to create stories about you know people that had died that is the most interesting shit i think i'd ever seen from a designer it was very interesting i did also look at that and go you are so fucking full of shit (laughs) i just like didn't see the connection between what he said the story like i thought his stuff looked awesome but the the connection between that and like the stuff he had been researching i'm just like um, I guess, I guess, like, <laughs> no, I, 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 I watched, I think the first like episode and a half and then I'm just like, I just wasn't into it. I just, the, the format of that show, I don't like. The format is horrible, but, and I, I love how they try to take, um, sayings from Project Runway to the show, like, cause like they can't say it exactly. So like they try to like switch it up. Yeah. It just. It's it, it's horrible. And Winnie Harlow is just so mean. Like, they always get, like, the meanest judges. And I don't know. Like, I I love it, I think, because, like, Tim Gunn is there. And just Tim Gunn is such a bright light. And even though, like, basically these shows are just the Heidi shows, you know? Like, after, like, a couple seasons of Project Runway, like, Heidi made it clear that, like, if she doesn't get her way, like, yeah. it's, it's her way or the highway. And I feel like that's like with the show too, because it's like I see the people that she likes, and I'm thinking, okay, like I know these people are going to stay around longer because like she likes them. But 
I don't know. And I just, yeah. I mean, the problem for this show is watching people design is not as interesting or as dramatic as watching people sew. Mm-hmm. And so because Project Runway has both elements, whereas making the cut because they needed to be their own show it's focused on the design and we don't really see the construction because the construction mostly happens like off screen with like professional like seamstresses and stuff so we're not seeing the most like interesting and dramatic part we're seeing people draw stuff and talk about stuff but that's not as cool as like you know the unconventional challenge or like the when they do the couture stuff and you're like seeing somebody like scramble to make a homemade, you know, a handmade dress that looks like it's like runway worthy in half an hour. Yeah, I, I truly miss that like aspect. And that makes me sad that both like Tim and Heidi are gone. You know, like I, I think Tim should have stayed. But also like I don't like how like they have like their own temps or their own like seamstresses. Like I almost wish like they would do it on their own. But it's like I understand that they're doing it, you know, to create a business and everything. You know, a million dollar business. I feel bad whoever won the last season because, you know, they win a million dollars, they get to start their own brand, but then like COVID hits. Like how do you survive from that? Like that's insane. But I don't know. The show's fine. Um there's not really anyone else that like really stands out to me. Like I, I feel like they're just, like, trying to create, you know, like, that little, that short girl. I forget what her name is. Um, Fuck, the most annoying person ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, they're trying to make these people sound, you know, like, I'm, this is the first time I've ever received harsh criticism. And I'm like, what? I mean, first of all, that just shows that you're n- not doing your job. Because you should have people in your life, especially if you're trying to make a business. You should have people in your life who are criticizing you. And when they said that, I'm just like, okay, you know, you are now my least favorite reality contestant ever. Yeah, and just acting like so humbled, like, wow, like I never received this before. Like, I would have wanted to like send her home right there because, you know, in a way, like she's kind of like fucking with you. And like, is she like taking this really seriously? Like, I want to believe that she is, but something tells me that she's not going to last like till the very end. But I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see how the show goes and, you know, who wins. But I just, I remember the last time, like the first season I watched, it was when, you know, during like the pandemic and during when we're all in lockdown. So it's funny, like watching this now and just how different everything is. Yeah. Yeah. So I watched the first episode or two with this season and then just forgot about it. I know. Yeah, I did too. I think I purposely like wanted to wait until like the season was over so that I could watch like every episode. But I'm not sure if the season's actually over because I think that's what I'm going to do with Gossip Girl because thank God like no one's talking about Gossip Girl. So there's like no way for me to get spoiled, you know, unless I do (laughs) like an Instagram deep dive to see because that happens sometimes because for some reason like my my Instagram is just full of like either like Taylor Swift stuff. She just released uh why are taylor's version of like wildest dreams which is exciting but then it's weird because she's uh, she she likes she's she, she's a master of trickery that that woman but we we love her but yeah sometimes like some gossip girl stuff like pops up and i'm just like oh like i shouldn't be seeing this but it's just like dumb things that they say where they're like oh like there should be a no zara rule at school and then they show all the blair waldorf outfits that she wore that were zara and i'm thinking this show needs to they need to cool it because they they need to know their history before they say lines like that. 
<laughs> I mean, it's coming back for season two. I have, I've just, I have no desire. I'm fucking done. And anyway, season three of of You starts next month, and that is my trashy teen ish show of choice. Even though they're not teens, but it does have Penn Badgley in it. And that show has more murder, and I prefer that. How is that? I, I, I fucking love that show. You should, it's on Netflix. It can, You can burn through it really quickly. Um, I loved the books. It's very different from the books. Um, but Pat Badley's great in it. He's really creepy. Um, it's fun. There's some cool fucking twists. It's trash. But goddamn, it's enjoyable. That's good. I know. I I saw like the trailer for season three. I was thinking like this seems like really interesting. Like he just he he likes women and then he just kills them. This is going to be a weird sentence, but I think one of the reasons it works is he's not a particularly great actor, but it really works for this role because the guy is a fucking like creepy sociopath. And so that kind of flat aspect that he has to him is really good. And also, like, there is, again, there's something kind of, like, innately punchable about the dude. And in Gossip Girl, he's supposed to be the guy we're rooting for most of the time. But in this one, he's a fucking creep, stalker, murderer dude. And kind of more likable than he ever was on Gossip Girl. Well, I mean, Dan at moments was, like, really stalkerish, too. So, like, they're the same character, but Dan didn't murder and people. Yeah. Also, it helps that mostly the people that he murders are fucking annoying pieces of shit. Oh, that's fine. I mean, mur- murdering is not fine, but yeah. Yeah, that could be oh, it's on a TV show. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's 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 totally fine. But, yeah, I... I don't know if I'm ready to see Dan Humphrey killing people. Dude, it's good. It's I I fucking love that show. When they when they put the because it was on, I forget what it was on first, but when they put it up on Netflix, I like I'd seen it already, but I marathoned it over a, over a weekend, and it was just so much fun. I know. I'm personally really, 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 really excited for Great British Bake Off to start. Oh my god! Yes, in a few weeks. Yes, yes, yes. I feel like it's been ages since that show has been on. And that show just brings me so much happiness and so many cravings of sweets. So I am concerned for my well-being. But I will be strong and I will enjoy the show because I have never not enjoyed The Great British Bake Off. Except for like that one season. Um, What was her name? Was she... uh, I forget what season it was. I think it was like the... It was like the second to last season with Mary Berry. It wasn't my favorite season because like, I don't know, but I love it. I love the show. I love the judges. I love Paul Hollywood. I love that. Like Paul Hollywood. Like I, I think that Paul Hollywood like loves the fame. Like, oh, I yeah. think he does. He, he loves it. And then Prue's just like doing her own shit. Like, Prue could kind of care less, but she's just so flawless and so lovely. And has the best collection of eyeglasses of anyone ever. Oh, I can't wait to see which ones that she wears this season. She's so good. And I can't wait to meet the Bakers. I love the Bakers. Like, it's like this cute little family. And uh, I just love it. I'm so happy. 
Yeah, I'm definitely ready for that show to come back. Me too. And I'm excited for Wednesday for Star Wars Visions to start. Well, not just start, be all of. Yeah, that was something that I was confused about until like I was talking to Araj about it before we recorded. That like they're showing like all the visions, like the whole vision. Well, it makes like, sense because they're shorts and they are different lengths of episodes. So I think all told, it's two and a half hours. That's fun. Yeah, so that'll already be up by the time our episode comes out. But, you know, we're always we're always a little late. And it doesn't come out till like, Wednesday. So it was just sort of, like, not... I didn't want to, like, do a last-minute episode, like, rushing to record it and put it up a couple hours later. And also, like, because, like, we've just... <laughs> it seemed like tempting fate to push back recording when we'd ha- when we've had so many fucking problems the past, like, month. So we just kind of wanted to do an episode. And we had enough to talk about with life stuff and Ted Lasso without also talking about visions, I think. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's been more enjoyable conversation versus us, you know, twiddling our thumbs being like, well, what's going on in Star Wars? Nothing's fucking going on in Star Wars except for visions. That's it. I mean, they announced the they're redoing Knights of the Old Republic, but that's not going to come out for like two fucking years. So at this point... I mean, I guess people are really excited for it, but neither of us are gamers. And also, again, it's not going to come out for like two years. So it's kind of hard to care about. I know. Like the only time I've interacted with that game was I watched like the 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 walkthrough or like when I swear to God, like the walkthrough for that game is like 10 hours long. Like it's just insane. Like how and it's one of those like you know you get to choose your own story kind of games too so like there's so many different ways that the story could go but yeah i mean good for everyone who really likes that game i'm not gonna get it you know yeah yeah i had a my roommate in college and one of my good friends who was funny because she was super into the game not that much of a star wars fan like she was fine with star wars but she just kind of like fell deeply into being obsessed with that game so i saw her playing it a lot but other than that, I just get bored with games really quickly. I need like games that last about three hours or are just puzzle games. I'll play a puzzle game forever. But if I'm playing a story game, I can't do it for more than like a week or two. I go through phases like during the pandemic um, when we we're in lockdown, I was really big into Animal Crossing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I was just kind of done with that, like especially like because it was kind of like the thing that saved me because like I wasn't seeing Carlos for like three months, so like I needed to focus on something, so like I wouldn't focus on being sad. So like as soon as I started seeing him again, I'm like I don't need this anymore because like I'm I'm happy now because every time like I would try to pick it up, it would just remind me of just all like the sad things like I went through like during like the pandemic, you know, like you know how it was like the first thing I picked up like right after like yeah. he had to put my dog down and you know not seeing Carlos for so long and just you know all the different stuff that was going on you know with life and with family and you know with friends like etc etc so I don't know I'm very sentimental and I'm very like I associate you know thing A with thing B so I have to be careful sometimes with like what I start and when I start it that's why like with sometimes like I I can't start a show yet because it's like I'm not like mentally there yet or it's like I don't want to associate like A with B so yeah, it's a lot of thought, and it's too much thought, I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
No, that no, that that does make sense. That <clears throat> that was like a way to be like isolated and still have some, you know, interaction with people because like everybody was playing it. So. Mm-hmm. But, oh yeah. You know. Oh, but there's gonna be a, a Funko Pop Baby Yoda balloon at the Macy's Thanksgiving Parade. I know that our buddy Corey is very, very, very excited about that. But it's the first Star Wars balloon, which seems kind of incredible. I can't believe out of all the years that Star Wars has been a thing that finally that like baby Yoda has just baby Yoda like broke everything, like broke the internet, broke life. Like I see baby Yoda everywhere now. And like I open my I open my door and I look on my fireplace. There's baby Yoda. Like like I go out to the store. I see baby Yoda. You know, I go over here at Araj's house and I see Baby Yoda. Like, Baby Yoda is just everywhere. Like, it's just Baby Yoda's world. We're just living in it. Yeah. But I do like Baby Yoda. I mean, it's a little oh, bit yeah. It's a little bit weird that it's a Baby Yoda as a Funko Pop, particularly. But whatever. It's still Baby Yoda. And that'll be nice. Because I always watch the Thanksgiving Day Parade. Because it's just a thing that you do. You put on the parade. And it's stupid and sucks because it's a parade, but you watch it anyway because it's Thanksgiving. Yeah, like I watched it last year, even though it was like recorded like two days before. Or something. Yeah, last year was. So here's the thing: is I work, I work right across the street from Macy's, so that's you know where where the parade goes. Like that's the like that's where they do all the like the main. I mean, obviously, it's a parade, so there's a big route, but that's where, like, the main, like, broadcasts are from, and that's where they And were... it's Macy's. Yeah. Well, no, but, I, but I'm saying, like, you, you know, there's got to be, you know, it's like, that's where they, they culminates, and yeah. so because of the pandemic last year, they did stuff for a couple days beforehand. They were filming different things, so whenever I would, like, I mean, first of all, it was fucking annoying as shit in the morning, because there was tons of street it's blocked off so I had to like go normally instead of like walking a block like I normally do I had to like walk all the way around the block and completely out of my way and I was pissed but they were they would just bring in different balloons and floats and film them so I'd like go out on my lunch break to grab something to eat and they'd have like the big blues clues balloon <laughs> and we're just filming it That's funny. I was kind of hoping they'd do that again this year because then I thought maybe I'd get a sneak peek of the Baby Yoda, but apparently they're actually doing the parade this year. Damn. You just have to find or see Baby Yoda when everyone else does. Yeah. That's a shame. I would have liked to see Baby Yoda in person and snap yeah. a picture far away from its butt like I did with Blue because Blue was like turned its back to me, but I'm like, hey, that's a Blue. I know Blue from Blue's Clues. I love that. I know. I can't wait to watch the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade this year, too. I always love watching it. And it's always funny, too, because, like, when I worked in the casino, I would always work on Thanksgiving. So I'd always tell myself, like, yeah, I'm going to get home. I'm going to watch the Macy's uh, Thanksgiving Day Parade. I always get home and crash because, like, we would have to do, like, family things. Like, uh, man, it's always, like, doing, like, 50 things in a day. Like, Christmas, I think I feel like we go to, like, three separate places and go home for like a 15 minute nap and then be like we have like our second and like in third uh, our third win you know just trying to get everything done you know see people do things but i'm glad that the, the parade is back I, I can't wait for thanksgiving i'm just so excited for like the holidays this year mm-hmm. it's like especially like having like you know carlos and i like our own place like we, we get to do like the decorations our way and you know like it's it 
you know, we've been together for three years, but in a way, like, it feels like it's like our first like holidays together. Yeah. So I know uh, he's here full time now. That's good. I know he's here. I got him. I got him full time. He's a full time San Diegan now. I'm so excited. Oh, I'm so happy for you guys. That's great. I know it. Oh, man. It felt like it took forever for that to happen. So like now finally that like, he's here like 100 percent because like he would do like the back and forth thing for a while. Like it just it's so nice now. And it's so nice that like we can get into like routines now, you know, figure out like what we want to cook for dinner during nights, you know, just try and just figure out like it's like we're trying to figure out like how to like cohabitate and try to how to live yeah, basically yeah. so it's an adjustment it's, it's a fun adjustment though I'm so happy but yeah I'm, I'm happy for the holidays and you know like we're already trying to figure out like what we're gonna dress up as like for Halloween and we're gonna get all into it I know we're we're happy but yeah holidays are fun go Macy's oh speaking of Halloween I got the um <clears throat> The little Disney Park exclusive droid with the little witch hat. Mm. It's very, very cute. I'm very happy with it. I'm glad that they put it up on the Shop Disney store. Because what exclusives go up on Shop Disney is always seems very um, random as fuck. Mm -hmm. And so I'm glad that the little witch droid went up. Because as soon as I saw the little witch droid, I'm like, that is a droid in a witch's hat. I need it. I want a whole line of them. I want a Frankenstein's monster droid. I want a ghost droid. I want a pumpkin droid. I want a vampire droid. Oh, I love it. I know um, my D23 membership renewed and every time it renews, like they gave you like a special like package. Um, last year it was the celebration of, um, I think it was like 50 or 60 years of the Haunted Mansion. So like, we got like a bunch of pins and this year was the celebration of 50 years of Disney World. So I got this cute vintage um, lunch pail that has just like Mickey and like the 60th anniversary of Disney on it. So mm. cute. Aww. I got this like little flag. I got like a bunch of pins. Like there's like a figment pin. There's a DJ Rex pin. There's like a bunch of like little like Walt Disney World pins, which heaven for me. Yeah. So I know um, it's been really not tempting, but like everyone just keeps talking about like how empty the parks are right now because like school started and the reservation system like started too for Disney. So like everyone's just like not really going. But I'm just like, damn, like part of me like really wants to go. But then like part of me is like <laughs> – I have no money, <laughs> but no, I, yeah. I do, but I'm just like, I, I'm like, I want to save money and it's like, I don't want to spend it and go somewhere until it's like, I'm committed. Like, I don't want to like go somewhere for a day if I can go to Disney world for a week. So it's been like rough. Cause it's like, I see, I check the wait times and I see, damn, like there's no one fucking here. But then I'm just like, I, it's not in the cards, but especially with, you know, Walt Disney World's 50th anniversary, you know, coming up soon, the celebrations that they're doing with all of that. There's a lot going on in the parks, but yeah, I guess I'll just have to like watch from afar. And then seeing like Malik at Disneyland was Aww. like the cutest like fucking thing in the world. Like I was at work the other day and Raj like sent me pictures of him getting excited to go on the train and I'm like, just my heart melted. I'm like, I... This is what Disney was made for. It was these little kids, you know, experiencing it for the first time. It just yeah. warmed my fucking heart. Oh, that's very sweet. I, I love him. I love him and his love for birthday cake. He is extremely cute. 
He is. I love him. I love him dearly. <sighs> well, Emily, God, I, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that like we need to cover this episode because it's been a lot. Um, I do because I think we're we're pretty much done. But I do I do want to wrap this up with um, some some not 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 great news. Um, apologize for ending on a downer note, but um, I've talked on this podcast a lot about the. Uh, Toy Power Podcast, which is a podcast um, based in um, Australia, um, in South Australia, with um, that I've been listening to for a while, that uh, Chris Fresh of the Geek Dudes actually turned me on to, and I'm like a Patreon, and I've just like fallen in love with it, and um, last last weekend, uh, one of the hosts, Darren, uh, sadly passed away. It was um, pretty unexpected. He was only, he was only in his 40s. Um, I, I'm not going to say that I knew Darren particularly well. You know, I, I interacted with him sometimes on the on their Discord, um, but I've spent you know probably you know a couple hundred hours listening to the man. Um, he was one of the most positive people that I've ever interacted with. Um, he had a truly encyclopedic knowledge of his fandoms whether it be um he-man or batman or you know just like the 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 toy lines like he could just pull out you know like dates that things launched and you know what year something came out in the u.s versus when it came out in australia and just i mean reams and reams and reams of knowledge but he never he never used that to gatekeep it wasn't about you know, other people proving their knowledge to him to be real fans or, or trying to be, you know, the biggest fan because he knew the most. It it was about his, it was just his love and his passion for toys and, and for things like He-Man and Ninja Turtles. And his enthusiasm was so real. And all I wanted to do was share that with other people. Um again just like a, a guy you couldn't get to say a bad word about anybody this is a man who they do they do you know like hypotheticals on toy power of you know would you like you got to choose one you know like you know a new a new batman movie or a new like ninja turtle thing and he <laughs> they, they gave him so much shit for it. he was incapable even in a hypothetical of choosing one thing over another because he just felt so bad about it um <laughs> It's so pure. Yes. Like pure is a great, it's a great for my interaction with him, a great word for Darren. And I just, I want to express just what a loss that was. And also, you know, like I know like um, Geek Dudes put out an episode talking to him. I know, I know Mitch and and Chris were very fond of him. Um, David Damage from Dave's Video Graveyard released an episode they had done with him. And I just like my heart breaks for for Trent and Ben and Frank who do toy power. I don't I don't know how you deal with that or move on for that. I you know I think Trent's been friends with him for something like twenty years. Um, Darren also took care of his elderly parents who are not in great um, medical shape. There is. Um, uh, Frank started a GoFundMe to help with the funeral costs. You can find that um, 
I, I've retweeted it. Geek Dudes have retweeted it. It's on the the Toy Power podcast Twitter. I'll also um, put it in the show notes. But again, I, I can't I can't claim that I was you know close friends with Darren or anything. But he was somebody who I just loved listening to, and somebody who was genuinely nice and kind, and the kind of people the person that fandom needs more of. And he always. He always downplayed his own role on his show, and I don't think he realized how much people loved him and respected him and how much of a vital part of that show that he was, and it, it's, it makes me very sad that he never knew that, and I, I am not a religious person at all, and I don't know if I believe in an afterlife, but I like to think that he in some way knows now just just how beloved he was. And for Darren, I, I will not say goodbye at the end of this episode. I will say good journey. Beautifully said. Well, Emily, where can we find you and the podcast on social media? Um, you can find us... Um, at Cantabite Pod, you can find me at EF Lind. How about you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram as Brittany the Ginger. Sorry, no, Canto Brit. You can find me as Canto Brit. And as always, thank you for listening. We will talk to you guys next week. Good journey, Darren. Good journey, Darren. Thank you.